Welcome to the Modern Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Thomas, and on this podcast, every week, I talk to an expert on the topic of how to find inner peace in the modern day world. We talk about their work, how they help people, their own personal healing journey, and also their own voyage of self-discovery. Okay, today's guest on the podcast is Lucianne Robin. So first of all, big thank you to Lucianne for being a guest on the podcast. Shout out to her. She is a trauma educator, healer, yoga teacher, counsellor, so many more things that I could list off and list off. She's also my beautiful partner, which is why we thought straight away we would talk about conscious relationships, how to find the balance between spirituality and relationships. So we call that like relationship yoga, how to find the balance. She also talks about her work as a trauma educator, trauma healer, uh, how she works with people quite deeply in that. A whole load of other stuff in there as well. Hope you really enjoy this conversation. It's lots of fun. There's lots of laughs in there. At least I found it very funny anyway. Um, yeah, above all, I hope you find a little bit of peace and uh, resonance with what she is talking about. And yeah, enjoy. Hello. This is our first ever podcast and it's Dylan here and then we got Lucian who's is in hysterics at my voice probably because it's very very loud speaking uh, but it's good to make an entrance for these things but yeah so I'll introduce myself I'm Dylan yoga meditation teacher uh what else can I say about myself it's always so hard to introduce yourself um yeah been doing that for a number of years now and uh, Lucianne, my partner, is here joining with me. She's a also a yoga teacher, trauma educator, counsellor. Um, where else are you, Lucy? Um, well, what else am I? Uh, my day job, health and wellbeing coordinator. Um, I think that's about it. Really. Oh, mother. <laughs> mother, that's a yeah. big. That's a big one. That's a big uh, one. That's definitely a big one. Okay, what are we what are we talking about today? What's our first podcast about? Well, we're talking today about conscious relationships, or as you've called it, relationship yoga. Yeah, well, we're both yoga teachers, aren't we? And that's kind of what a lot of people call it, relationship yoga. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> let's jump. <laughs> let's, let's dive into our consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just just ripping out of I I I kind of like to take the mick out of yoga teachers, including myself, for our pretentiousness sometimes of diving deep into topics that are very deep and very profound and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and keep it. There will be a lot of deep, some deep conversation and stuff, I'm sure, but also just trying to keep it light-hearted and. Hopefully, as unpretentious as possible. Yeah, unpretentious, down to earth. Um, talking about yeah, conscious relationships, 
dealing with shadows is one of the things we wrote down. Meditation tools for relationships. Uh, is this going to still be recording? Yeah, yeah. Radical honesty when it's hard. Uh, relationship yoga, as we've said. And, and the intention of uh, coming together. So why are you entering into a relationship? Yeah. Is it yeah, for the right yeah. reasons? Is it for the right reasons, is it? I think for us it, it was. Fingers crossed. Yeah, of course <laughs> it was. Of course it was. Uh, okay. So. What is a conscious relationship? I was going to ask you that question. Okay. I'm the... I'm the the, the uh, sorry, you're person the man. I, no, no, you, you know, you can ask me. What do I? What do you think of a conscious relationship? So you ask me, and I'll say I don't know. <laughs> okay. um, well, I suppose it's one of the. It's, it's a, a. It's one of those words that I think a lot of people just, especially in the spiritual world, just say unconscious well, relationship, and that's like a word they use to make them feel better about doing a relationship a certain way mm. i guess it's like oh well if i put conscious before relationship it means it's a conscious relationship yeah um so it's it's not like just saying it is a conscious relationship and like the the female in the relationship's got a few crystals and stuff it's actually yeah 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 I, i'm not gonna name any names but i know <laughs> there's one person i'm aware of that is very much like that teacher of that and it's just like yeah it's just, oh, only through crystals and kind of put something up your butthole and then <laughs> it's a conscious relationship. <laughs> do some tantra. Yeah, tantra-esque stuff. Which I think really, you know, when you're... It's much different. A conscious relationship is much different when you are, say, raising kids and it's... Uh, um, you're not on a beach in Thailand or somewhere yeah. like that. It's not about like how many crystals this person has around their neck or which I think a lot of people think a conscious relationship is like that. It's more like, oh, like how can we have the most spiritual sex and um, like, yeah, like be really connected and stuff to our wind chakras. But yeah. really it's just how to be with that person every day in everyday settings and not be a complete dickhead to them once you get bored of, you know, having sex with them a few times. You're bored of me already. No, I'm saying that's what that's the process, isn't <laughs> no. it? Being a conscious relationship is like not to. I would say it's um, coming together for the intention of growth and supporting that person's growth and also continuing with your own growth and using that to take out into the collective as well, so to help others. And I think that's why we've been so close so fast is because we've both had the same intention of wanting to help others and for that we also need to grow in our own way and then in all the ways that we've grown separately we've also brought that into our relationship relationship well. yeah it's always been about growth isn't it like that's what we we're quite good at we were yeah we we really have um taught each other a lot as well not just in terms of the relationship but just actual actual knowledge from our different respective businesses and stuff is you know, I'm kind of fascinated by Lucy, what she does uh, in her work. And then I think, you know, you're kind of a bit like that with me when I when you first uh, trained as a yoga teacher. Like, oh, wow, this is an experienced yoga teacher. It's like, yeah. I thought he was a tantric god. <laughs> a tantric god. And it turns out I was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> it turned out he was just a big idiot. Just no. a, bit, a, bit of a, bit of a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> no, I love that, though, because 
we've got a great balance of between being not serious at all, but then when we need to be, we can talk and you know get serious. Yeah, yeah. So let's just wrap that up into I suppose a little um, for the podcast, sake of the podcast, a like catchy little sentence to what a conscious relationship is, the definition of a conscious relationship. Um, definition of a conscious relationship. When two people come together with the intention of personal and shared growth rather than what they can gain for themselves or, you know, being it just being codependency. Yeah, great. Right. So there's also like the, the element of, of a give into the relationship. So not just as, as in giving, uh, I had this, this is a slightly off topic, but this it always um, stuck with me when I did my first uh, training in yoga. This uh, really cool guy, uh, my first yoga teacher called Ravi, and uh, we were talking about uh, giving and he was said, uh, you know, it's always uh, in the Western world, we just kind of give, give our crap to people. You know, we give people the stuff that we don't want, like, and that's not really giving. If you give someone... Do you mean like your gran when she gave me that bottle of old five-year-old Yeah, bottle? that's that's a funny story from tonight, actually, when you go and visit my gran and uh, took Lucy to, meet, to see my gran and she gave this, like, bottle of uh, oil and she dressed it up as a present, like a brand new present, but it, then she said it's been, like, on her shelf for five, six years. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly the point, is, like, you, you just... If you're just giving people stuff... Um, because you don't want it, and that can be like emotional stuff as well. Not you know all the the not just presents or um, uh, stuff, but, but if it's just stuff that you don't want really, like giving someone um, a broken car, for example. You know, it's just just because you don't want it. <laughs> it's a broken car; they can't use it. So giving people stuff or things or emotional time um, that is actually a thing that they need. So conscious relationship, I suppose, is two people or more people coming together um, and giving people in that relationship or community stuff that the person alone can't get themselves. So for like, you know, a good relationship, I suppose, is say me, for example, there's certain things I can't do. I'm not very good at um, uh, what am I not good at? Timekeeping. I'm absolutely late for everything. And uh, Lucy's gift to me is that she starts to get me a bit better at that. So that's like a gift that I actually want. So rather than giving me a, I don't know, um, a bottle of six-year-old <laughs> oil <laughs> from her kitchen, she just gives me the gift of telling me to get the F out the door <laughs> on time. So... By saying no, you're not showing me another YouTube video. Yeah, I'm really bad at that. that I'm really about. bad at that. We're going. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on. So, what's the next one we're dealing with? Okay. So, let's do this one. Radical honesty when it's hard in a relationship. So, this is a tool we use quite a lot, isn't it, in our relationship? It's uh, yeah. being... I like the word, when you wrote this down earlier on, when we were just thinking of some talking points to talk about in this podcast, and I wrote down, what, what does radical mean? Because that's like a, a, a term that everyone throws around now, like radical self-love, radical honesty, and radical... And this means like boundless, doesn't it, I think? Does it? Like, oh, hang on, but 
I'm not Googling it. You are? Yeah. She's, she's sat here Googling Wait, it now. What radical No, I'm not means. actually. It just means like boundless, like far reaching and like there's no limit kind of thing. Like it's like, ah. So when I say radical honesty, I don't mean like just giving somebody a tiny bit of the truth because you don't want to go too deep into it because you might hurt them. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I've been in a lot of relationships where it's like that. And I'd rather just know. Yeah, you really, you're that's quite high up on your values, isn't it? You really you value honesty and, and just uh, um, yeah. not sugarcoating and, and stuff. And it's embarrassing because I can tell when someone's lying. And if they're only giving me half truth and I can see it in their face, then I think they're more, I think less of them then than I would if they said the thing that was going to hurt me. I'd rather they just said it. And it, even if it's painful, and then you kind of have to learn how to work through those things because nobody's perfect. And getting, having this idea when you meet someone of them being completely perfect and, you know, they're going to be exactly, you know, the way I want them to be, um, it helps you to kind of be more accepting of someone as a whole person as well when, you, when you're honest with each other and you're not just, like, having some sort of fairy tale. Yeah, well, because you see the real person if it's... If someone is... Because li- what is lying? Like lying is really well. I mean, obviously there's little white lies that I suppose yeah. um, you can um, f- uh, like use as a way of kind of kindness if yeah, it's going to yeah. be kind to the person. Because my bottle up bigger in this though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's <laughs> actual like lying is like deceitfulness, and if it's if that's like part of your character, then being a d- deceitful character is yeah. you're not being authentic, and then you can never really be known by someone because if you're not being your authentic self, then like the cliche is that people can't be in a relationship with a fake person. So you have to be like a real person. And I love it when you say something that might, but you say it in a nice way, but like if you say something that you know I might not like, but I need to hear it, then I have a lot of respect for you. And I feel that that helps me a lot as well, not to overreact and to actually think about it properly as well. Because I can see that you're putting the effort in to be honest and be like, well, you know, this is how it is. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I don't want to be angry now about whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, I think that's really important. And uh, what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. And having like that's took time I think to build a lot of like safety around that because I felt like um trying to talk to men or whatever that I've been with in the past is like you feel like you can't say anything or you get labeled as like a psycho yeah well yeah because men have well men and women everyone's got a defense mechanism but men are are worse for that generally have this very like wall up kind of uh ego defense where they're kind of in that macho um, state. But I think that's the thing with a lot of men, though, is, is this, like, ego uh, macho uh, uh, persona is actually something is actually just a projection, uh, yeah, like, built on kind yeah. of actual deep insecurity. <laughs> and I, you know, I say it's, it's fucking hard as a guy uh, or, and a woman. Everyone's got insecurities. But really, to be in a relationship, you've got to really own your insecurities to the point where you can actually have confidence in yourself because if it's, a, if it's a persona then yeah you're right you know anytime you approach your partner and say well I didn't like you doing this or if you feel like you can't come to me and say something then 
but without me like reacting like why are you saying that why are you saying that <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah and then you know it's always going to come out in some way and if you can learn to look at each other's shadows and help yourself process that and then come out on the other side then you know as time goes on and you know you're in a, a marriage and you're more likely to not make those massive mistakes or be deceitful because you're used to talking to each other about the problem and working through it together instead of going and you know watering someone else's grass as i like to call it yeah 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 that's true it's, it's a practice isn't it and this is why we call it the relationship yoga and to be fair like i think you know i've been practicing yoga now for about just just under a decade it's probably about a decade on and off uh and honestly i can probably say that just doing the yoga poses hasn't really taught me anything compared to being in relationships with people and stuff it's uh completely different then would you agree with that really yeah yeah definitely i won't like say names but i can remember you saying <laughs> to me a few weeks ago like do you think like this name person, this person name no 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 name them and shame them no Burn i can't stop. <laughs> this person was like really being horrible to me even whilst i was trying to be the night i think a nice person i think i'm a nice person what is a nice person um, though well i was still trying to be you know um understanding and blind this person was still nasty to me and you just said well isn't this person your biggest teacher and i was like yeah <laughs> i know but still it's really hard oh yeah yeah okay yeah i'm with you i'm with you um yeah, well, it is, isn't it? It's, it's a lot harder than going and sitting, going in my room and doing what I actually like, which is yoga poses. Yeah, this is a big topic in my... Because so let's get on to meditation for a second here, then, and kind of actual yoga practice, because we want to kind of keep it um, in that a little bit, because uh, that's what we do in our day jobs. And um, so, yeah, I've been... I think we both have actually been talking about that quite a lot, is... Uh, because um, you know you're a trauma educator and I've been having my eyes open to that world quite a lot and doing a lot of research in that and, mm. and education and uh, I didn't realise how much um, practice, a yoga practice, meditation practice can be a escape, um, like a, in, in terms of like a bad escape in that you are going to like a, a fantasy world, you know, and... Uh, in trauma terms, disassociating, you know, I disassociating. Find it quite dangerous, yeah, because it's like create this safe place in your mind, but you can't just keep going off in your mind, can you? Really, every time you get into a, a difficult situation. Not if you want to live in the real world in a and have an actual life. I mean, if you're going to stay in the house, if staying it's going to stay in your house and and not talk to anyone ever again, then yeah, sure you can just meditate all day and 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 create a blissful. Um, place yeah i'm not saying not to do that because i still meditate every day and and do that but to the way i defined it last week when i was thinking about this trying to you know teach it to people was are we doing a practice of say meditation to get better at life and say in relationships be more friendly be more kind to people or are we 
practicing purely just to escape from the world for say 10, 20 minutes. And I think that's even more perpetuated now with like meditation apps when you say do Headspace app and which is great by the way, I'm not, I never actually use it personally, but you know, you put your headphones in for 10, 20 minutes and it's almost like a, a connect to disconnect, you know, because yeah. it's the same way as you see, I mean, I've been a big, uh, obviously it's fine, it's the modern day world, but technology is great, but also it's also a way to disconnect. It's as in, as in you see people, hundreds of thousands of people, everywhere you go, they've always got headphones in. And it's at the expense of actually missing human connection. You know, like it's, uh, say, oh, where were we the other day? We were running, right? We were running and we, we were early in the morning, we were running around this, you know, nice natural lake. And I said hello to somebody and they had headphones in and uh, yeah. we got completely blank. But of course they had headphones in, so it's not their fault, they just didn't hear us. So, but the trouble is, if you see you see some people that have headphones in the entire time. Like I knew one, had one friend who used to literally just, everywhere she went had headphones in mm. and didn't talk to anybody. So meditation practice can become like that, that you, same as yoga, you know, you can put the music on for two hours, do your, postures and stuff and then it's just like oh well just a way of ignoring people around you in the world and yeah. all that yeah it's hard though isn't it because they when they talk a lot about you know like with the law of attraction kind of stuff and oh you're getting yourself on a higher vibration to everyone else and i was very into that like last year and doing a lot of like kundalini awakening stuff and like going all like crazy places in my head and doing weird breath work but I did feel like I wasn't in touch with anyone around me and with the floor, even with the ground beneath me, I was like so flighty and I wasn't really, I kind of felt like I was there, but I wasn't really in my life. Does that make sense? I just couldn't wait to go back to Yeah, the, I've had that experience, yeah. You, the, it, it takes you, that's what I found with the, the you know, Kundalini, uh, work is it it takes you too high up mm. too high up and I don't think it's enough or not at least, at least not talked about enough is the kind of grounding practices yeah, that I was you really not grounded. you you bring yourself back down into reality that's why me personally and just my personal preference I prefer more Buddhist um, teachings and practices yeah. it's a bit more grounded a bit more earthy uh, real world more more real kind of real, real world stuff than say um, the yogic uh, stuff if I want to have like a fun evening then I'll probably do some kundalini yoga so I can like feel a little bit high because I don't do anything else but like yeah not for every day and I think especially for people with trauma as well it can be quite dangerous and I think I had like a little bit of a mental breakdown at that point yeah because I just didn't feel real and I felt a bit weird so it can be it can do more harm than good if you get too far into stuff like that as an escape from you know, mental illness or things not going so well in your life. So you have to be mm. mindful of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got like first-hand uh, knowledge of all this stuff now from dealing with me for the last. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's segue because I actually why I've got you here as as a guest on the first ever podcast episode. Um, before we let's kind of stop talking about relationships for a second, because um, I'm kind of fascinated by the work 
that you do and I come to quite a lot of your stuff um, just as a student as well mm. uh, tell us about what you personally do at the moment like what you you help people with and the work that you do what I do personally yeah yeah don't be shy don't hold back oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's scary oh. it is scary well what do I do I do a, a few different things, but mainly just trying to make people feel safe. Make people feel safe in the environment that they're in and also in their body and able to, I like to combine sort of allowing people to feel safe enough in the room to open up firstly and mm, build yeah. a community and also have a yoga and a meditation practice alongside a community group where they can kind of bounce off how how they're feeling and also how it's helping them and you know talk to each other about how they feel and see who you know who understands that as well because I think it's important to have both and we've talked about this before because I'll relate back to myself for a minute because that's the only thing I know, I know how to do on this subject sometimes but when I was doing a lot and a lot a lot of release and a lot of forest yoga as well at home I was on my own all the time and there were, I was doing a lot of like releasing but then I felt quite like I was having a bit of a struggle with it because then I didn't have anyone to talk to after to like digest it all and to like you know get it out um verbally if that makes sense like when I met you I just didn't stop talking did I because you were no, like the first you really quiet and then me. you just didn't stop talking <laughs> what a mistake that was shut up <laughs> uh, just to just um to um if people listening haven't heard of forest yoga what's forest yoga uh well it's a branch of yoga uh, created by Anna Forrest that's like it, it's uh quite hardcore it's like a lot of core work um and it's basically, it's all around releasing trauma, isn't it? And building up your um, integrity and yeah. it's a, a lot about the breath as well. But it's a lot of releasing. Um, it, it's made for, for the purpose of release. So I was doing a lot of releasing and going through like loads so of So just to, so people haven't, they're not maybe like uh, fully on your, what do you mean by releasing? Releasing what? I didn't like what. Well, like, they say that you hold emotion in different parts of the body, don't they? In your cells and in your tissue, and by doing like this deep, these deep stretches and this like intense core work, it moves things out. Of so the body. releasing blockages, yeah, emotions. and also yeah. stopping you from numbing out, so you're coming back to your body as well. So having active hands, feet, and mm. yeah, I like forest yoga because it 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 teaches. By the way, it's like it's much sort of longer pose yeah. holds generally much more focused on alignment so it's kind of similar to Iyengar yoga uh, in some ways and um, yeah we to generally hold the poses longer and um, yeah it's kind of like you said it's focused on releasing it's a lot of breathing through it then relax the neck breathe yeah. through it and relax the neck and it was a lot of like sort of in a puddle on the floor afterwards great I've probably let go of a lot of stuff but this puddle's still here so what I try and do with people that come to me because I don't think it'd be right to lead people that are traumatized through a forest yoga class and then send them home is like we combine a talk at the start why we do this why it works what trauma is nervous talk a bit about the nervous system about how being in your body helps 
then we'll talk about that then we'll do the yoga or a meditation or we might do something a little bit different just some like embodiment stuff um or some other sort of mindful movement and then at the end everyone can then talk again they can have a coffee um and they're building a space then that's safe and they those people that need that keep coming back so it must be going all right mm. yeah i've been to quite a few of your uh sessions now and they're amazing like the the um it's great because you've got the more serious yoga side and trouble with some yoga classes uh which you know i've been to loads um as a student is you just kind of thrown in and a lot of the time if you, you know if you're quite a beginner um or even just because the teacher hasn't got time to explain a lot of the uh principles in an hour yoga class that you have kind of no idea what you're doing you know if you're working with banders or um different aspects of uh, the practice that you know it can just be you know breathe in down dog breathe out down dog uh take your leg forwards so what you do is that you do like a whole powerpoint you know beforehand explaining not just the yogic science, but generally things like you know trauma education and um, somatics and that sort of kind of thing, um, which is really something that people are probably lacking because you know you can kind of teach the 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 average person this and that you know like it's it's great it's great to know. Then do my yoga class. Then kind of do some community building practices and somatic practices and think you know group building things. So people feel safe and comfortable to even be in their skin and to be in a group environment. Mm. And then, yeah, it's got that whole complete package of serious yoga, knowledge, but then also the, the more fun, uh, kind of playful coming together as it's a group. It's always a friendly vibe. And I think um, it's really, really nice to see from the people that, that are quite open that, that came at the start and they kind of opened up straight away and then slowly you'll see the person that's been coming since day one and then on you know week 18 or whatever they come out with all of this stuff and then they sort of bring themselves out more and then you can just see like the shift in them like they finally feel like you know they're in a safe space and they can just completely be themselves and be really open i love it when that happens yeah it's, it's nice isn't it as a um someone you know who teaches this to see because we all do it we, we, you know if you're uh, people listening there who teach yoga and stuff we probably got into it because we had like a bad life experience or something you know we weren't quite happy with our life um that seems like a, a general it's not always the case but um someone like maybe this dis- is dis- dissatisfaction with life and you um different things can happen and then you're like okay i want to help people i want to like turn my life around be a good person and help people and then when you do help people it's like that amazing feeling like wow this person has transformed transformed completely yeah um that's really nice to see isn't it yeah so okay lucianne if you're gonna sell uh what you do to people um or (laughs) yoga practice or somatics or trauma education what are the like outcomes of benefits of what you've seen people um get out of this and like not just like in key points like what are the key things you've seen people um get like more confident more freedom in their body those kind of things i think so and i think i think the one of the great things because we we don't hold back on 
the content. So we'll talk about, you know, people's shadows and stuff. And I think people being able to look at that and think, actually, I am empowered enough to work with this. Like, I can work on this. And I think just seeing them have that self-belief that I'm going to go home and I feel like, actually, I can do something about this. And we talk about this every week, like, you go to the doctors, they basically tell you you're broken and you need a med- like a medication. Whereas when you teach someone this stuff, it teaches them everything that I need is already inside me. And now that I've talked about it and then I've practiced this, I feel like I can, I can go home and take this into my actual life. And then they come back and they're like, oh, I did this last week and this really Yeah, helped. yeah, yeah. That's what I love about your stuff, actually. And uh, similar to what I'm... Um, trying to put across is it it's a blend of like the more esoteric stuff but also very practical stuff like and also Mm -hmm. scientific stuff like somatics trauma education where it's not uh i'd say if it's overly spiritual or overly Mm. esoteric it can be a turn off for people because it's like a it's a higher um uh entry level to get into it and it can yeah. be quite a turn off to people that aren't into that yeah. that it's like a almost like an elite club like oh well you have to be like a spiritual um person to and you know if you're not that and you like more logical stuff mm. and actually want <laughs> it's just to help get better at parenting or just mm. be you know nicer person or just just to be more happier yeah. then the, the overly spiritual stuff is a bit like, like even me it turns yeah. me up a little bit well it is it's great to have like obviously have that but also it doesn't really spiritualism and or whatever you're into or you know whatever god you worship it doesn't explain to you why you've done the things that you've done or why you are the way you are and i'm like an overthinker and i'm always wondering like why did i do this why am i like that and when you start learning about the nervous system and like how how you work and you realize and you just suddenly have this thing in your brain that goes oh and to me that was enlightenment for me was like right everything makes sense now what was enlightenment sorry say that sentence just again like learning how i work and why and oh, having okay. that clarity yeah. yeah yeah and just clarity i think was like my enlightenment was like wow like that was when for me rather than getting myself to a high spiritual level to like wash my shame away understanding that i am the way i am or that i've done the things i've i've done because you know my nervous system was a a certain way and i was just trying to survive then all that shame just went because i was like oh okay now i understand like all of this stuff Okay, yeah, yeah. So explain that in more detail for people that because this is we we've been you know Lucy's amazing at this explaining this. So when you say your nervous system, because if people are like, well, what's she talking about nervous system? Like, what what do you mean? So you're okay. Well, it's a very it's pretty broad, isn't it? But because you don't get you don't really get taught this stuff, do you? Like the way that your body reacts to. So you're talking about your nervous system is that your your body is has like a um, automatic response that sometimes you can't like you know you can have best intentions and spiritual intentions but if a 
a lorry plows into you at 100 miles an hour and you know like you always like say it's like if you're like a monk you know a spiritual monk and you don't want to swear and then someone comes and like steals and like, I suppose like what what would it what would it take to to get a monk to swear or something like <laughs> you know like he's trying not to swear and uh, no matter he's like trying his best not to swear and like someone steals his food then like um, like a lorry comes and he gets a parking ticket and then he's late for his well, meditation. What if this monk you know had um, something happen to him as a child and then somebody managed to trigger that and then would he swear? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He'd be like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when you go and you get labelled with mental illness instead of being told, "Okay, this is just you, the state that you're in because of what you've been through," and yeah. we just need to bring you back to. So what we're saying is that from your developmental age, so when you're you know up until every year by year, you have your collection of experiences, impressions, memories, yeah. and some of that is gonna be um say have unconscious triggers yeah so say you can meditate all you like and you practice but even enlightened people or yeah. so-called enlightened people are gonna get triggered in terms of their nervous system getting triggered by certain things yeah they will and and i think the best thing as well for like for me anyway getting rid of that feeling of shame was just realizing that what I was doing that that I felt like that's just not me and why have I done these things was just because I was just trying, my nervous system was just trying to help me survive. I wasn't doing that consciously on purpose, trying to be a dick, but I was stuck there because I wasn't safe. I didn't feel safe, if that makes sense. So when you see, when you can see that as um, your primal animalistic part of yourself just trying to survive because you've been through something that's taken you to the not safe side of your nervous system then you can understand you know why you did the things you did and it helps you to stop going over it so much in your head and overthinking it and then creating more problems about who you are than just saying when I when I started to understand that I really felt like oh okay like I can just let go of this now Mm -hmm. because I don't need to find a reason that was the reason I was just trying to survive. And when, and it's not just our conscious brain comes into that. And when we are starting to feel unsafe and when we're starting to go into a fight or flight, we will do things like manipulate, um, come up with, you know, tell lies, or we'll do all these things to stop ourselves from being pulled into that. And we do do, you know, crappy things when we don't feel safe so i think yeah understanding that it was all just a survival mechanism um was really helpful yeah so what you're saying like in simple and in simpler way of explaining it is um like our nervous system only knows two modes effectively like if we're Mm. if we're safe everything's good yeah but if we get triggered into feeling unsafe Mm. so say like the buddhist monk you know he's trained his mind for decades or you know any kind of monk you know um, if they're safe, great. But the moment their nervous system feels unsafe, then your body's gonna have a reaction. Yeah. Your body's gonna have a reaction. And you can't always control that reaction. So, you know, there's a difference there in how you uh, yeah. come and work with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, 
your top tips for you know or what tools do you use you know what tools do you give to your students or when you're teaching these people teaching people in your classes and, and events uh, to work with this i tell them to first before they step into the the thought the thought just step into the sensation so when you feel triggered or when you feel like you're starting to get up there to like toward a panic attack or whatever it is can you firstly ground yourself so noticing you know what's around you feeling into your feet and just start off because it's quite a it's it's a long it's not a terribly long process for everyone but it can be you know there's layers of it and it can take a while to get from there to there so I just say start by seeing if you can just stop yourself when you notice it happening and just go straight into the feeling and I don't mean the emotion I mean like the physical visceral feeling in your body so like I know that when I'm getting angry my tummy gets really hot and then I get tight in my chest and then my throat feels a little bit yeah, yeah, classic like one, classic breathe. ones. And classic. like, I just, uh, my veins feel like they're hot, like I've got, my blood's gone hot. And I, the more I started to notice that and separate it from the thoughts I was having and just, and, and then like, you know, ground myself and then deal with the actual issue. So I can relate it to, say, coming through um having an alcohol addiction for example how was i feeling when i was about to buy the last bottle of drink that i had i was my chest was full of like emotion sadness anger i felt like it wanted to like crack open my back was hurting i had stomach cramps and that's what i went for but because I'd been doing the, the work a little bit by then, I'd been doing a y- lot of yoga and I was more in touch with my body. I then stopped myself and I saw it for what it was, which was the only reason I'm going to drink this is to get rid of this, but then it's going to come back. And like by coming back into your body, you can slowly get more in touch with your mind as well and build that mind body connection. Um, because especially in people that have have been traumatized that link as well between um the rational brain and the amygdala so the brain that just frozen to fight or flight is a the link between it is damaged or broken so rational thought doesn't come in as strongly or as quickly as it as it would do in people that haven't so you really need to if you have you know had any traumatic experiences which I think most of us have then you really need to start to slow down ground yourself and come into your body I think you know before stepping into thought because mm. it's not connected yeah well. ground is a really good practice just for everyone just to reorientate to your surroundings and mm. often get you know perspective because I think um, you know my own life and times when I felt like it's been like a trauma response I mean I'm still working through my own uh, things it's like yeah it's this uh, panic isn't it it's either panic fight or flight or uh, you know disassociation or some kind of response in your body that you don't really understand at the time <coughs> and you know I think my 
uh, it depends on the situation, but generally, like it's I want to get out of there as straight as straight as possible. Um, sometimes I have that, that that fight response where I'm like, okay, I'm like gonna you know stay here and like cause some chaos. But normally it's things like I mean I got a bit of PTSD about uh, driving, you know, and I like want to get away out of that situation as fast as possible. But I'm mean, like in this metal tin can, this metal coffin, driving down the motorway and I can't get away. And um, it's, just, it's like panic, panic, panic in my in my system. And then, uh, you know, like grounding, even if you're in a car, <laughs> can just be like, okay, feel your feet, get some perspective, take a couple of deep breaths. And then you get a little bit of distance from, say, that initial wave of panic or response. Yeah. which probably buys you a few seconds before you go into the next wave of like panic or trauma response I suppose like you know before you go fully into it it's like <sighs> breathing then you get that a little bit of perspective a little bit of time to start to you know not to you know fall into I guess if you had that response before that's what I find anyways like that's that little bit of breathing space before you go fully into whatever you used to do. So if you're going yeah. to dis disassociation or, you know, completely, complete uh, collapse, then yeah, you've got like, a little bit of breathing room if you ground beforehand, I think, yeah. or yeah. ground during it. Um, Coming back to safety, isn't it? All, all safety, yeah. I think it's like we were talking about the other day as well. It's, it's safer because if you're in a car and you're panicking and then you're going to start sweating on the on everything and yeah, like getting yeah, flustered. like me most days. Yeah, but if you if you ground yourself, then and come back to the environment hate and like, oh, okay. fucking hate driving. <laughs> Here I am. It's like when you say like you're getting stressed because you're on, not on time, and then you start bumping into stuff because you're not oriented to the environment because you've gone go, gone off in your head, and then you make yourself more late. Yeah, I'm always late. <laughs> I'm always late. Always panicking. Grounding works. Uh, yoga works. Um, but more yoga in everyday life, you know, the more and more I'm actually getting better at yoga, there's more and le more and uh, less and less actual uh, posture practice, more meditation, but more also just uh, moment to moment meditation and grounding, things like that. Um, also for the trauma work, uh, shaking is really good, full yeah. body shaking. Yeah. We didn't have a podcast probably on full body shaking. It's got loads of content to go through. Um, just for it's just working on being present in your life, isn't it? More, yeah, I've yeah, it, I've yeah. Gone from like one end to the other of being like coming out of collapse, then going straight up to like doing all the weird, all the weird, weird stuff, meditation and going stuff, yeah. out of out of body and then coming back into body, like and, and all the way down for like just working through all of this stuff and then coming back down. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I think we're nearly about i hope this all makes sense by the way I hope people, <laughs> people are like you know actually getting some like what did, what, <laughs> the, just be like, what, what the fuck are these people talking about maybe you guys if you are listening to this could um drop an idea that you want to hear us talk about next time yeah that'd be good now what i was gonna say was i already had something planned for next to say oh, next well, I, was, I, was gonna, after I was gonna no i mean for this to end this this podcast oh Sorry for talking over you, by the way. It's all right. You Con it. Conscious relationship tool number one. Always apologise before uh, <laughs> it becomes an issue. Just basically apologise all the time, especially if you're a guy. <laughs> <Don't be stupid. laughs> Just apologise all the time. 
that's not a good thing to tell them. Don't people please? That's a trauma response. I'm joking, okay? <laughs> um, no, I was going to say was, you were talking about meditation there, moment to moment. So oh. what I'd like to do is, in uh, as few words as you can, your definition of meditation. My definition of meditation. Yeah, you've already used about eight words. <laughs> <laughs> Is being mindful of the present moment. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. I'll do my one. Um, yeah, I would say. To be fair, I can't top that. I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with uh, being mindful in the present moment. I can't think of anything, anything better, so we'll go with that. Um, okay, nice little fun thing to finish. Uh, give me your favourite five spiritual or self-development or science-y uh, somatic books. Your favourite five books. Oh, God. In no particular order, just list them out uh, my favourite one that's probably changed my life very recently but I'm not I'm not all the way through it yet to be honest is uh, the, the Body Keeps the Score um, by who? what's by the author? Bessel van der Kolk <laughs> we can't say that <laughs> van der Kolk Bessel van der Kolk sorry if you're Bessel van der Kolk if you're listening sorry <laughs> she's she's, uh, she's she's English she doesn't get it I don't get it but I love Norwegians if 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 he's Norwegian or do, I don't know. Oh God! Um, sh- okay, stop. <laughs> you're making yourself a bigger hole here. All right. Okay, second book. Second favorite book. Oh God, I've read quite a lot recently, but I can't even remember them now that you're putting me on the spot. I'm just looking at your bookshelf. Right no, now. don't look at my bookshelf. <laughs> Jesus, um, you'll never come out alive. I do really like Fierce Medicine by Anna Forrest. So that's, Anna, that's the the Forest Yoga book. Good read. Yeah, I've got to admit that's a very good book. Great book. Um. How Not to Give a Fuck, I've read that one recently. Oh, that's, uh, is it Mark Manson? Yeah. Mark Mason, Mark Manson. That was really good for me. Yeah, because I, was I haven't read that, but... One of those people that normally does give a fuck, and now I'm really not, so it's a great book. Um, so that's three. Um, what other ones have I read recently? Um, I've just got into one, um, I can't remember the author's name now, but talking about... Um, trauma and how it's passed down through DNA through family called um, It Didn't Start With You which is really interesting just ah, talking about read that. ancestral trauma which is, yeah. is, is quite deep um, amazing and then I'm just reading a book on polyvagal theory which isn't by Stephen Porges but it's his theory put into a little bit of a more manageable read bite sized <laughs> chunks yeah I suppose it's probably quite, quite it's uh, very in depth yeah yeah I probably need the, the ABC nuts and bolts <laughs> version two. Polyvagal oh. theory for dummies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that four or five? That was five. That was five. That was okay. Five. Um, okay. I'll I have to do the same now. So yeah, my top five on. books. Wow. Do you look at my bookshelf? I've got about five hundred. Yeah, books we haven't in. actually fucking read. Them I haven't bloody read them now because I haven't read them. <laughs> uh, my top five books that I've. Yeah actually have read uh looking at them now there's buddhism plain and simple by steve hagan uh no not tantric sex ones no they're not the best ones um i really like the art of vinyasa by richard freeman and mary taylor it's a really good book for me i guess you know light on yoga by uh 
Iyengar. That's a lot of yoga books, so let's go more to other books that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I can't think of... Well, actually, uh, probably the... Uh, my bookshelf. The Art of War. You know, classic book. What's an awful one to read? Oh. What about Kit Kat Tan Newton? Have you done his? Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's just amazing. Actual legend, absolute legend. I love him. Basically, any Buddhist book really, I really love. Um, I don't want to say the Power of Now because I didn't really buy into the hype of the Power of Now. It's obviously a good book, but yeah. Um, all right, I can't think of any more now. I've got so many books I'm reading and just like blah, 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 blah. Actually, I'll tell you what, a book recommendation, the first one I see on my, my shelf that I'm going to tell you to read is... Uh, oh, actually, great book. Absolutely great book. The Art of Loving by uh, Eric Fromm. Great oh. book on psychology and uh, relationships, why we love, how we form love attachments etc great book absolutely oh, amazing book it yeah it's on my bookshelf feel free to nab it in a second is it romantic romantic kind of romantic kind of not romantic bit of both um why right it, why is it not romantic? podcast is i think finished for this week oh, i'll tell you what while we've got this guest what what you want to oh, say go on no go on go on what we're waffling a little bit now though aren't we so we, we're born to waffle. Okay, well, we're waffle masters. We're waffle makers. What were you going to I was going to say, Lucy's the first guest on the podcast. As a shout out to Lucy, if you... Right, let's ask you your website. What's your website, Lucy? Lucy uh, Ann. It's www.theinnermovement.co.uk. Okay. And my Instagrams are The Inner Movement uh, or Lulu Yogi is my personal one. Um, and I thought just to finish, I'll read a, a page from this beautiful book. How to love. So, because we are talking about conscious relationship today. So, this page is called Loving Mindfully. Okay. Love is a beautiful word and we have to restore its meaning. When we say, I love hamburgers, we spoil the word. We have to make the effort to heal words by using them properly and carefully. True love includes a sense of responsibility and accepting the other person as she is with all her strengths and weaknesses. If you only like the best things in a person, that is not love. You have to accept her weaknesses and bring your patience, understanding and energy to help her transform. This kind of love brings prote protection and safety. That was beautiful. That's thank you beautiful, for thank you for reading that I for love me. That book. It's a beautiful book. That is How to Love by and it is Tick Nat Han. Apologies to my main man, Tick, for saying his name wrong because I'm really <laughs> bad at <laughs> really bad at pronunciations of uh, Vietnamese names. Um, yeah, we are rambling now, but this has been a great podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The last thing I was going to say to you, Lucianne, you gave us your website, but you didn't tell us what you actually do in at least words as possible. So you are a trauma educator, you run yoga classes. Meditation, meditation classes, classes community groups, somatic groups, somatic teaching. Um, many of which are free. I also do events um, where we do all sorts of cool stuff. So, yeah, 
keep a lookout on there. And you can subscribe to my newsletter as well. Oh, yeah. Boom. She's on it now. Marketing 101 there. Subscribe to my newsletter. Okay, great. So that's Lucianne there. And uh, I've been Dylan. So you can find me on Instagram at Modern Meditation Training. Also, Dylan Thomas Yoga. Website is www.dylanthomasyoga.com. All the links will be down below. We'll also try and create a... Um, how would you call them? What's it called? Timestamps for certain topics. If I can be bothered to do that properly, I will endeavor to do my best. Not great at the tech. The podcast is the main event. Um, yeah, podcasts. Next podcast will be uh, probably a week or so away, and we'll probably either be again me and Lucy, or by ourselves, or by myself, or another exciting guest, maybe. So. Yeah. His dog. <laughs> My dog. My dog, Toddy. So yeah, I've got a dog called Toddy. Great dog. I'll put a photo of uh, Toddy in the in the show notes. <laughs> Just so you're like, oh yeah, dog. Stay in for that dog. Okay. Okay, guys. So thanks very much for tuning in. Hope this video, uh, this, this podcast has helped you. We've, we've certainly enjoyed uh, recording it, talking a bit of BS, quite frankly, but also some good information in there. And uh, yeah, until next time, signing off. Bye from me, Dylan, and... Bye, guys. Yeah.